Welcome to the Strong Mama Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, mom, exercise physiologist, and pre- and postnatal fitness expert. This show is all about helping you navigate your pregnancy and postpartum journey with more strength, energy, and ease. Each week, pull up a seat for a new topic that will empower you to feel strong, capable, and confident while supporting your body through all the changes of the motherhood journey. Just a reminder that the information on this show is not meant to treat or diagnose any medical condition. Please speak to your medical provider for all things related to your health care. I'm honored and excited to be a part of your health journey into motherhood. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. I hope that this episode finds you energized, though if it doesn't, then you are not alone and that's what we're here to talk about today. So as I'm recording this, we just went through the time change, the spring forward, loose an hour of sleep, and my five-month-old is also teething and you guys, I'm just tired. I say this not to complain, but to just shed a little light on the reality of being a mom, the reality of being pregnant. We are all going to have periods of time where we are just exhausted and sort of drained. I don't know about you, but when this happens to me, I notice that my creativity tanks and I have a very creative line of work where I need to like be coming up with new ideas. And so my creativity, I can definitely tell just like goes way down. I don't feel like doing much extra in day-to-day life. And all I can think about is the next time I will be able to climb back into bed and rest. So naturally, today's topic just had to be about this and about taking care of yourself when you are exhausted AF. (laughs) So if that's you today, like just know that we are in the same place. And if it's not you today, but maybe in the future, definitely save these tips. I think that they can apply whether you are sick, whether you're exhausted, whether you just want to have like more simple practical wellness in your life, I think that these tips are going to be really, really helpful. Um, because in these moments, it can be extra hard to exercise, eat well, and really just do much above daily operational functional tasks. And I figured it would be nice to first not feel like you're alone. And also share some tips on how I get through these phases with simple self-care. And it's not about doing anything perfectly. It's not about like not eating any, you know, non-nutrient dense or unhealthy foods. It's not about like pushing through the fatigue and like working out. I'm not here to tell you that at all. And at the same time, I think these tips will just really serve as a good reminder of all the things that you can do to support yourself and your energy, especially in these times of exhaustion or sickness or when you're just like feeling really, really drained. And many of these things are naturally what I work on with my clients as well because they inevitably experience the same thing. And it's just so much more helpful to support your body through what it's going through than to fight against it. We don't want to fight against these very natural circumstances and these very, um, important signs that our body is giving us. And we're going to cover a mix of different things throughout these eight tips between nutrition, movement, and just general simple lifestyle tips. So I hope you find them helpful. 
let's go ahead and dive into number one. Number one is to first just assess what you need. Like, what do you really, truly need? Take an honest evaluation of yourself, your energy level. What sounds good? Don't think too much about it. Just simply check in. What is your body telling you? I always like to do this first to just kind of like establish awareness because I think it's just so, so easy to just go, 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 push through, check things off your list. But like when you can just take an honest minute and be like, what would be supportive right now? What is my body trying to tell me? What can I do to feel better? You will probably know. You know, I think that we are very intuitive as women. And when it comes to our body, especially in pregnancy and postpartum, like we can't really ignore the signs that it's giving us sometimes. It's just the fact of like leaning in and listening and then trusting that. So that's number one is just to simply assess what you need. So maybe your body is truly telling you that you need more sleep. Maybe your body is telling you that you need a good meal. Like you just need like a home cooked meal. Maybe you could use some movement to shift your energy. Maybe a quick walk would really turn your day around. So there's going to be different scenarios, different situations for any time you get sick, tired, all the above. So I think that's just a really important first step. So I'll leave it there. Take that honest assessment. What do you need? Trust it. And then let's move forward. So number two is to adjust your tasks to bare minimum. I think that this naturally happens, but this is something that I am very sure to do. It's just to allow myself to cut back on anything that's unnecessary and just prioritize the true priorities. Like what actually needs to get done? Do I really need to organize that pile of clutter this week that's been building up and causing me distress? No, probably not. Like I can probably just let it go for this week Maybe like make a little note on my phone of like just these things that I want to get done when, you know, my energy levels resume to normal. I'm feeling a little bit better. I have a little bit more space for that type of thing, but that's probably not a true priority right now. On the flip side, do I need to make sure my child has his bottles for school? Yes, that is a priority. So very different circumstances or very different like tasks there. And I think it's just important to like bring awareness to what is a true priority because sometimes I know for me, like everything can feel like a priority because I'm like the person that wants to make this like super long to-do list and check off all the things by the end of the day. So if you can resonate with that, we are the same, you know, type A type of person that just wants to get the things done. And I think it's just important to like give yourself a little reality check, like just know that the things will get done, maybe just not right now. So one thing that I kind of hinted at there was that, you know, if that does resonate with you, like you're sort of that type of person that likes to do all the things, maybe even just like brain dumping these extra tasks into a note on your phone so that you can just, again, tackle them when you're feeling better. I know that I've done that before because yeah, there's just certain things that, you know, can build up around your home, whether it's just like different piles of clutter or like maybe you have some returns that you need to like label and send out or um, who knows what like just these little things that could probably wait a couple days or maybe even a week to get done so try and set aside the non-priorities and just adjust adjust your tasks to 
the bare minimum. The third tip I have for you is around balanced nutrition. So I think it's important to first just normalize that when we're tired, exhausted, fatigued, sick, we're normally not going to crave like the most healthy, quote unquote, healthy foods. I don't like to label it that way, but it's true. Like we're going to crave more comfort foods, more fun foods, more like salty, crunchy foods. And that's not a bad thing. Like it's okay for us to allow that our food should be satisfying no matter if you're, you know, in this phase of tired or not, that is true. So just allow yourself to allow it. And also at the same time, try to be conscious of getting in some really good nutrient dense meals. This is not about being perfect in terms of nutrition ever. And a couple of things that I like to do when it comes down to just like keeping it super simple is to try and center my meals around the three macronutrients. So a protein, a carb, a healthy fat, call it a day. Your meals can be as simple as that. You can, like last night for dinner, I made some baked chicken in the oven. Our carb was orzo. And then we had some roasted vegetables. I think it was broccoli and something else. I think just like a random assortment of vegetables, but drizzled in olive oil. So there was our healthy fat. And then the vegetables were some fiber, of course, and extra nutrients. So that meal was very, very simple to plan. It didn't require like a whole bunch of crazy ingredients. So just know that like you can do that too, no matter what your life looks like, just keep it so, so simple on the meal front and try to just include those three elements for a really stable, you know, blood sugar. Another thing that we can do is to try and eat every two to three hours. This is an absolute game changer for your energy level. When I had gestational diabetes in my most recent second pregnancy, I really became diligent about eating every two to three hours because going back to that note on blood sugar, it really helps to stabilize the blood sugar. And when your blood sugar is dipping really low, like when you haven't eaten in a while and when it dips or spikes really high, like when you eat something after not having eaten for a while, we get on this like roller coaster and have these waves of energy and high energy and low energy periods. So it can be really helpful to make sure you're eating every two to three hours and not letting that blood sugar dip or spike and all of that stuff. It now, is it going to like cure you of exhaustion if your body truly just needs like rest and sleep and like getting through this phase? Probably not, but it's not going to allow you to go any lower. And maybe this is the missing link for you. Like maybe you haven't been super diligent or like paying attention to these things as much and you know, fueling your body a little bit better in terms of whether it's just like making your meals more nutrient dense or eating more frequently, that can be sometimes a very big missing link. I know for some of my clients, so some things that I work on with them are first identifying if this is an issue in, in their energy level. And second, just coming up with some easy options that fit their lifestyle in terms of meals, in terms of snacks. So ideally, again, we want something that's really balanced for these snacks. So a good balance of carb, protein, fat is always a good idea here too, just to again, stabilize that blood sugar, stabilize your energy levels. And some examples or ideas that I really like are apple and cheese, Nuts and dates are really good together. Banana and peanut butter, sometimes a higher protein yogurt. 
I also really like to keep like hard boiled eggs on hand for just like a quick energy boost. Pair that with like some nuts and um, maybe some like raisins or dates or something like that. So you can see all these are really balanced between protein, fat, and carb. So try to examine where a missing link might be in your nutrition. I know that that was a loaded topic for number three when we talked about nutrition. Um, so let's go ahead and move on. Number four is, I'm going to kind of keep it really simple for this one, but lots of water. So dehydration can manifest as fatigue and where that might not be your sole problem, like because we just can't you know, turn around when our body just truly needs sleep. But our body is roughly 60% water. So when our muscles and cells and brain is not getting adequate amount of water and we even have mild dehydration, that can lead to sluggishness, brain fog, extra fatigue, things like that. So examine whether or not you might be taking in enough water. I know that personally, I always want to reach for more caffeine. <laughs> I love coffee. Let me know if you love coffee. I, you know, am so guilty of this one. Like, I love starting my day with coffee. So this is one of the first places that I personally have to check in and be aware of. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oof, same, take this as your sign to fill up a big water bottle, carry it around with you. Better yet, even start your day by drinking a water bottle before coffee. I recommend to a lot of my pregnant clients to drink one liter of water first thing when waking up in the morning. That sort of sets the energy for the day that makes sure you're getting in a bunch of water right away. And I've found, and my clients have found as well, that when you start your day with a good amount of water, you tend to want to drink more throughout the day versus if you start with coffee or something else like tea, like you kind of just want more of that thing. Like I've even noticed that too. If I start with coffee, it's, I just like want more of it. So trying to start my day with water before coffee has really, 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 really helped. How many times can I say really? Okay, let's move on. Number five, feel good, approachable movement. So you guys, this is not a time to push through. I am not the person that's ever going to tell you to like push through the pain, push through the exhaustion. It's just not worth it. I'm never going to be the trainer that expects perfection from my clients, especially in pregnancy and postpartum, even any time in life, you guys. I'm just past that point. I think that there is a time that when I was a younger trainer, that maybe I opted into the mindset that someone might need more discipline or more willpower or things like that. But I just know that, especially as moms and as pregnant people, we have these extra circumstances, these extra layers, and it's just, it's really just not worth it to like push through, push your body through a workout that is not going to make it feel better. We want to use exercise as a tool to support us. So if it's not going to be supportive, then why are we doing it, right? So going back to your evaluation from step one, asking yourself what you need right now, what would be supportive and helpful in terms of exercise and movement. And I covered this in a recent podcast episode. I can't remember which one it was off the top of my head. Oh, I remember it now. It was just a couple episodes back on resting versus working out. So if you want more on this topic, definitely go back to that one. But 
a simple thing that I talked about in there was just asking yourself one simple question when you are like considering a workout versus not working out. And that question is, will it make me feel better or will it make me feel worse? Like if movement was to make me feel better right now, what would that look like? So I think it's just important to know that sometimes the answer is just going to be an absolute no. I know that a couple days ago, that was for sure me. I was in a very extreme state of fatigue. I really could barely bring myself to do work. Like my brain was just tired. My body was tired. I It was a hard pass for me. And I've learned to like not let guilt take over in those moments. And I talk about that more in that episode that I referenced as well. So I won't get into it too much here, but I think it's just important to acknowledge that what your body is telling you is trustworthy. Like you can trust what it's telling you and to just do that. Now on the flip side, if you feel like maybe movement is something that would help you right now, like taking a a walk outside with some fresh air, then absolutely. Like we, we for sure just want our movement to feel good, be approachable and be something that supports you in feeling better, not worse. So see where you might be able to just approach your movement exercise from a feel good place or, you know, opting for rest instead. Moving on, number six. Number six is more of like a mindset tip that I've probably referenced in almost all of my episodes, but I think it's just important to reference here as well. And to remember that this is a phase, let whatever happens be okay. So I remember being in the throes of newborn stage with my firstborn and just feeling like that was my new forever reality. Like I was going to be that tired forever. So dramatic, right? It's just so easy to feel that way when you're going through something for the first time, especially when it's hard and you don't know exactly when the fatigue is going to end, when you're going to feel better. Like, I get that. So just know, like, if you're a first-time mom or you're pregnant and going through a rough first trimester, third trimester, whatever, you're tired right now, wherever you're at, just know that it's not going to last. Maybe you have that perspective already. I know that going through that experience with my first son has given me so much perspective with my second because I'm just able to take it with so much more stride. Like I've seen, I've, we went, went through so much. My older son is almost three now and he was never a good sleeper. So it was just kind of like this roller coaster waves of fatigue, take it in stride as we go through basically the first year and a half of his life. And that's not the case for every child, but that was the case for my child. And it was hard. It was hard. We had these phases and that's why I've had to opt for these like very simple wellness tips and taking care of myself in these phases. But going back to this and the perspective, now that I know he sleeps through the night, he, you know, that has ended, that period of life has ended. I know that it will also end with my second. So It's just, we're going through these teething phases. We're going to go through sleep regressions. We're going to go through it like every baby does. And also they outgrow it. And this is not going to be how we feel forever. So just remember that it always gets better. This is not forever. Okay. Number seven, let's move on. This one is something that I'm trying to be better about. So just let me preface it with that. But Limiting screens, limiting screen time. So 
Screens can be so draining when you're tired, at least for me. And yet that tends to be the first thing that I turn to when I want some quick entertainment or simply a way to just like turn my brain off and tune out for a little bit. But I know that I always feel worse when I do this. And it's not to say that we can't do it at all, but just take note that maybe when you're in a more tired phase, you're exhausted, maybe screens aren't the best solution. Um, I know that that's, again, something that I'm really trying to work on, just being more conscious and aware of and not just like picking up my phone when I'm bored or picking up my phone when I, you know, need some, like want some quick entertainment or just want to like tune out. I'm trying to find some more like supportive things to do instead, like grabbing a book. Or lately I've been going through physical therapy for my diastasis and I've been doing my rehab exercises at night and that consists of some foam rolling, it consists of some different stretches, some different core exercises. So like just doing like some simple low impact movement like that can really help too. This isn't to say that I'm like perfect at all with this one, but I just know that extra screen time and just this like cycle that we get in can sometimes not be helpful. Maybe it doesn't affect you. I know that personally it affects me. So just something to be aware of. Alrighty, I will end on an easy one. An eighth simple wellness tip I have is to go to bed early <laughs> and maybe even nap if you have the opportunity. So just depending on where you're at in life, if you have the opportunity to nap, absolutely do it. Um, but going to bed early is sometimes easier said than done. I know for me, like I tend to be really, really tired, like in the early parts of the day and then sort of get this like energy wave in the evening for some reason. I don't know. It's really weird. I'm not sure what the science might be behind that, but I just like get this energy wave sometimes after the kids go to bed when my body is actually exhausted. Maybe it's adrenaline at that point. Who knows? It's probably adrenaline, you guys. So I don't know if you can resonate with that or feeling the same way, but I have to really make a conscious effort to get myself to bed early, especially when my adrenaline is like kicking in and telling me that I don't need extra sleep. Whereas I knew I woke up that morning so tired, so, so tired all day. And now I'm feeling good all of a sudden and my brain tricks me into not going to bed and getting the sleep that I need. So all is to say, it can be hard. So if this is hard for you, like it is for me, then I've had to try to make it more appealing, make it more fun. And again, I'm not perfect with any of these things, so I don't want it to come off that way. Like this is just so easy to do, but something that I'll try to do is to have a book ready. Like if I'm reading a good book, like have it on my nightstand. That way I can like go to bed early, like be in bed and often my body will just be like, okay, it's time to sleep now. Um, another thing that you could do is just have like a relaxing skincare routine before bed, you know, moisturize your skin, you know, maybe give yourself like a little foot massage or foot rub, then put on some cozy socks, like make it appealing for you to get yourself to bed and get more sleep. There you have it. Those are my eight simple practical wellness tips. And now I'm actually coming to you with this little message after I have already recorded and edited this episode. I actually had some additional thoughts pop up. I just like walked away from my computer and was like, no, I need to put that in there because what happens is I think 
as moms or if you're an expecting mom, what we do is we just, we try to power through. We try to do it all. And I think, I don't know where this comes from, society, maybe internal pressure, maybe external, but we feel like we should be able to do it all. Like we should be able to do it all. And that forces us to, you know, push through, try to continue going on as if we aren't tired or that we don't have different needs in terms of sleep and rest. And I just want to, first of all, just acknowledge this simple fact. And then second of all, give you sort of permission and creativity in terms of finding different ways to be supported. And just know that I'm speaking to myself as much as I'm speaking to you when I say that we are not expected to do it all. I think that that is the image. And then therefore we put that expectation on ourselves that, you know, to be a good mom, I have to do it all and not ask for support. And trust me, it's hard to ask for support. And I mean, I think it can look several different ways. It doesn't always have to look for or look like support from the quote-unquote village, especially if you don't have one nearby. Like if you don't have close friends that you trust or family nearby to help with the kiddos, like that just might not be an option for you. If it is, great, take full advantage. Um, Other things might look like, you know, having like a meal service or ordering in a healthier and nutrient-dense meal so you don't have to cook dinner one night or a couple nights. Whatever that might look like for you, I just encourage you to get creative with how you can be supported, whether it's by others or finding these simple ways to support yourself and make your life a little bit easier. And here's what I've learned when it comes to asking for help. I've learned, and I, trust me, I felt not good about this when I first started to, and I'm still not great at asking for help, but when help is offered, I would always like turn it down and say that I don't need help or what have you. But what I've found is that people really want to help, (laughs) whether it's family members or friends, like they want to help you. Like it makes them feel good to know that they are helping you when you are in need. So try to let that sink in and not feel super guilty for either asking for a simple favor, simple little bit of support, or just accepting the help that is offered to you because it's not a bad thing. It's actually really amazing. Like think about it. I know that when I offer help to somebody and they actually accept it, not only is it surprising, but I'm like excited. I'm like, yes, how can I, how can I support you? So just keep that in mind. And as a quick wrap up, if you're not already a Strong Mama Insider, you should definitely be one. Each month I'm creating a new piece of free content just for you to help you feel strong and healthy on your pregnancy and postpartum journey. I love to educate and share stories through the podcast, but Strong Mama Insiders is where I help you put it into action. So when you sign up, you'll get access to all the insider content completely free. I have things in there like my ultimate guide to exercising in pregnancy, a three-step postpartum core guide, 
a pregnancy core workout, 15 minute low impact pre and postnatal workout. So all kinds of good stuff already in there. And then I'm constantly adding on a month to month basis. So head over to the link in the show notes to get instant access to all of it. And if you found this episode helpful, I would love for you to share it with another tired mama, another tired expecting mama, and come connect with me over on social media, over on Instagram at Strong Mama Wellness. I would love to connect with you and hear what your takeaways are. Alrighty, until next week, have a good one. And that's a wrap, Mama. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode of the Strong Mama Podcast. If this show has served you in some way, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. Head to strongmamawellnessco.com for more free resources and opportunities for us to work together. Until next time, keep moving.